Hey there, new listener. This is the keen Kevin McAvoy, one of the hosts of Radioactive Spiderpod. You're about to listen to our very first episode. It was originally recorded around a kitchen table after a lot of beer with some frankly embarrassing audio equipment. This is a remastered version, but just know that the quality of the episodes rapidly improves. Thanks for giving us a chance. Try not to judge us too harshly. Enjoy. Here we are. First episode. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to Radioactive Spider Pod, where we meticulously dissect the subtle nuances of the 1990s Spider-Man cartoon for some reason. I'm a host, Kevin McAvoy, and with me is the lovely Vero Taylor. Hi! And the equally lovely, but in a different way, Peter Iskandar. Iskandar. You'll get that one day. Groovy, man. (laughs) Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the very first episode of the series, Night of the Lizard, uh, and you're never going to guess who this week's villain is, guys. Is it Spider-Man? It's Spider-Man. This episode first aired November 19th of 1994 and is loosely based on The Amazing Spider-Man number six, face-to-face with dot-dot-dot The Lizard, which was published in November of 1963. So, uh, let's jump right in. Uh, The very first scene of the entire show is just Spider-Man, voiced by Chris Barnes, waxing poetic about New York. So, hold on. Who's Chris, who, who's, who the fuck is Chris Barnes? Like, is, we probably should talk about these things. No, we shouldn't. Uh, no, we <laughs> just should. going yeah. right into it, yeah. scene by scene. Probably. Chris Barnes, he was a Brady. In those movies. In yeah, the, ones in the, the movie movies, version. Like, from yeah. the 90s, right? Yeah, the 90s version of like, the Brady Bunch. Yeah, and he was in some show called Day by Day, which also had a Brady Bunch episode. Was it Step by Step? It was not step by step. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he's a guy who sometimes talks, I guess. Uh, and he is now our Spider-Man. But he still does Spider-Man. He's Wait, what? He's IMDb stuff. He still does Spider-Man's voice. You know, he is my Spider-Man. Yeah, so he just sort of gets into it right away, and that's what we're doing, too. Uh, they don't really... We don't sit through any kind of an origin story. There's nothing really telling you who this guy is or what he does. You're just kind of expected to know, which is kind of neat, actually. I like it. Prior to this point, had there ever been a Spider-Man show or movie that people, or were you just expected to know well, there's the, who Spider-Man everybody was? Everybody knew the, the 1960s one. Oh, I guess that's a good point. Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Swing uh, and a miss out of the yeah, case. No, there was also, yeah, and then there was also the, uh, there were two 1980s uh, Spider-Man cartoons, uh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man and then Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and they were just terrible. I guess it's funny because as a child, I never... I know YTV aired the original 60s one. Yeah, they, um, they did it also like late but it was almost retro. Yeah, but it was almost concurrently with the 90s one. So I'm trying to remember like where I put two in, like where I was like, oh, this is like, I know who Spider-Man is. This is Spider-Man. And like, I guess it might have been like very cl- like this episode where I was like, oh, he's a guys powered by a spider i mean the theme song pretty well, much it's, i don't it's, know it probably it's, it might have been something like how they did with like spider-man homecoming where they're just like okay we've done an origin story now every the, the this character is in like the, the mythos of, of like cultural stuff yeah. it's just like collective knows, consciousness yeah the collective consciousness everyone knows what the heck happened I'm trying to think of being like in grade four and just be like 
yeah, Spider-Man! Yeah, you just kind of picked it up, I think. You just knew from pop culture that this yeah. guy stuck to walls, was super strong. And yeah, I, I got a little bit into the comics, but not the original run or anything like that. Mm. Uh, and they write it in such a way that you don't really need to know that, I think. It's very clear. What does he do? He's somehow super high up. He swings a web, and there you go. That's yeah. like all you need. To but at least it's not like the '60s cartoon where he's like shooting web into the sky. Yeah. Just, oh, and it's that same background over, over and, and over. over and over. Well, again. you know, sometimes it's only a mild amount of repeating. You know, sometimes they saved money. Yeah, it's <laughs> by repeating the background. Yeah, they don't get into the origin story until a couple seasons in, and it's sense. only for that dying kid that he give he, he tells his origin story. Uh, spoilers. But he yeah. does drop a lot of Uncle Ben references early on, though. All right. But before well, before we get into the nitty-gritty, like, our plan is to go through every episode. That's right? right. And there are five seasons with... The first season has 13 episodes. Second and the third have 14. For some reason, season four has 11. And then the last one has 13. That's 65. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. I felt so long when I was a kid, though. Like, just oh, thinking no, back we'll, and I... we'll get into that in a bit. How <laughs> these, these episodes They're seem... only 19 minutes long. They're yeah, super fast. It's ridiculous. Well, uh, when you cut out cartoons... Like, cost cartoons. Wow. When you cut out commercials... The average show is only about no, 20 minutes. No, it's about 23 to 22 minutes. Yeah. Oh, Netflix really? teaches me it's 21.95. Well, I'm, I'm surprised. Or 50 Oh my god, there's not a hundred seconds in a minute. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> You're a doctor. <laughs> Dr. Vero. Not of time. PhD. PhD. Not of time. <laughs> Not of it's math. you, Kurt Connors, and uh, that's about it. If I could go back, I would do my doctorate in All right, cool. lizard genetics. So, sixty-five episodes is what we're buckling in. Yeah, basically, okay. uh, more or less. The highs, the lows. So, with all that done, and we've already kind of done a prelude. Let's just, let's get All right, yeah. So Spider-Man just sort of talks about New York uh, and immediately uh, fades to below the sewer. Uh, and that's where the action is, in sewer repair and upkeep. Um, two workers are fiddling around with stuff. Uh, one's Frank Grimes, the other's Super Mario, and they just kind of jabber at each other. TV, really? Hey, my old TV gets these double images, you know what I mean? Hey, maybe you could, uh... No, I was a TV executive. Oh, are you better off down here? I looked it up, and this came out one year after that terrible live-action Mario Brothers movie. And mm -hmm. that's my theory, is that Super Mario just lost his job, and now he works in the sewer. But they also make a weird quip that the guy used to be... Like, the guy who was, I guess, in this anal in your analogy is Luigi. That is Frank Grimes. <laughs> I guess, but like... Mm, Frank Grimes was successful. What is this guy? Well, no, so this guy wasn't successful either, because he used to be a TV executive. Yeah, he quit. Now he's better off in the sewer. Now he's better off in the sewer, where it's warm in the summer, in the winter and cold in the summer. Yeah. I don't know, but you stuff to root around in shit and stuff, so I don't get it. Oh, no, you just, you gotta rub those uh, executives in there, you know. It's like the Simpsons, where they would always rip on Fox. Like, it's the cheeky little rub, I think. I don't know. What, did he quit or was he fired? It's very unclear. Uh, yeah, it's... Ah, he's better off. Are you better off down here? So, while they're quipping about that sort of germ, uh, they are interrupted by a huge fucking monster with red eyes, uh, that was not terrifying at all to me as a child. Couldn't hear him coming? They didn't do a Jurassic Park reference? No stomp. Yeah, this was 94. It was a year after Jurassic Park. That's a missed opportunity. So they make a run for it, uh, and Grimey makes it to the van, but Mario gets pulled into the sewer again, and as far as you know, he's just eaten now. 
Um, and Grimes peels out and starts just plowing through the CGI traffic of New York City. Two things about the scene that I think is absolutely hilarious. Number one, uh, I guess we have a budget because everything's now in 3D for some reason. And secondly, all of a sudden when he turns the corner, it's it's like they forgot to shade the scene. Everything is super flat. And then all of a sudden it's back to normal. So whether they decided to pad it out at a later date, I don't know. But it looks so jarring in comparison to the rest of the animation. I did take the time to listen to an excruciating interview or two. and. Uh, apparently they had a pretty good 3D model of a lot of the city that they would just kind of cut to. And they had it mostly figured out for everything that kind of existed. But then if they needed to kind of come through the different shots, they would just hand draw that stuff. So it cuts back and forth gratuitously at times between 3D and regular animation. Uh, so Spider-Man shows up uh, and has a pretty competent burn on New York cab drivers. So that's quip number one of the entire series right there. Yeah. What's this? Another satisfied graduate of the New York City Cab Driving Academy? And uh, he tries to intervene and within seconds smashes over a pier and into the Hudson River, which throws us to credits for the first time. And this is the first cold opening. I guess it's a true pilot. It's the only cold opening. Yeah. In the entire series. In the series. entire series? I'm pretty sure. I well, uh, picked a bunch of random episodes and all of them cut immediately, too. Mark that for a future, if there's ever another cold opening. Then you can punch We can me. call you all out. Yeah, okay. But <laughs> I want to say. I'm marking this on this. Did he mad, like, did he intentionally crash the van? Like, was that his plan? Because he's yelling at him to pull over. He doesn't. Does he just go, all right, over the pier? Like, is that his, well, like. Well, I feel like Spider Man could have just got in front of it and stopped. He is very strong. I mean, a direct quote from him in future episodes. (laughs) He's got got, a future quote from him is he has trouble lifting a Volkswagen. So I don't believe that he would have to stop a sixty mile per hour truck. That's fair. Spider Man is has the proportional strength of a spider, (laughs) which spiders aren't really that strong. I hate us so much right now, and I don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh, let's talk about the credits of the show because I don't want to ever have to do that again either. Uh, what do you think of these? Looking back on it, the opening credits. Yes, they're well, super badass. I don't know. It's the, the most theme. iconic theme yeah, song. Like it's the theme's great. The crazy part. So it was yeah. Aerosmith. So it was Joe Perry, the guitarist from Aerosmith. Okay. He performed it, but the guy um, or girl, I'm not sure what name this is. That's a fun uh, name. Oh, it's it says. <laughs> Having Wikipedia here open is uh, nice. It's pretty helpful. But it says um, Shuki Levi uh, wrote the song and apparently has worked on the soundtrack for like other 80s and 90s shows like Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget. Which is obviously Good an, theme. Iconic, an iconic theme. Shira. Princess of Power. Yeah. <laughs> He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And the Masters of the Universe! And I don't know if they did the theme, but he worked on Power Rangers as well. Go, go, Power Rangers! With, like, Saban or whatever. Yeah, that's pretty badass. The vocoded spider blood. Yes. Spider Uh, blood. Radioactive spider (laughs) blood. podcast after that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But, like, honestly, until... Until we started doing this and I started watching again, and you guys mentioned it, I had blocked out that theme. Yeah. But then when I heard it again, I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, cool. okay. No, it's there. I know yeah, exactly how this goes. For sure. I don't even know why. What about the images, actually? Like, it's 
If you look at it, it contains massive amounts of spoilers. Yeah. But not enough. There's not like plot twists or anything. It's just like who he's fighting. And it's only that season. Yeah, it's true. It's only the first season. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. funny that it doesn't end on a shot of Spider-Man. It ends on a shot of Venom, who is the well, iconic yeah. Spider-Man villain. When I was listening to the, the interview from the, the showrunner and head writer, uh, he said one of the things they actually looked at was starting it with Venom. They were going to do the Venom thing to start the entire show. That was one of the things he pitched. Uh, and they didn't end up doing it, obviously. The first season, basically, is just a bunch of bottle episodes, and then they get into the series. But that was one of the things that we're looking at doing. So I think that's one of the reasons. Uh, basically, everything was on the table except for Sandman and Electro. Because those two were part of a script that was being written for, like, a full movie that was going to be by James Cameron and all this shit. You can look that up on the internet. It never happened. Two things. One, I feel like you can't start with Eddie Brock as Venom. Like, you need to... No, they do a good job. They well, exactly. the whole, that's what, that's my... the whole setup with the symbiote and Spider-Man getting the black suit. Yeah, no, I agree. Kind of stuff I agree that that, that should have gotten X. Because you need that plot development of this guy being his... Peter Parker's foil. Yeah, you know, yeah. The fact that Peter Parker, like well, Spider Man, is just a dick. Yeah, they don't even really compete. Like he's a reporter and he's a photographer. Like they, like there's no reason for them to hate each other. Just kind of acts like a dickhead to oh, him. Yeah, and if yeah, anything, right. Peter's the jerk. Yeah, <laughs> Peter's just like acts like an antagonistic jerk who's late to work. This, like everybody hates that guy. The self righteous, just like oh, I'm so like yeah. you're only getting these photos because you're Spider Man. Okay, so we come back from the credits and Spider-Man uh, has saved Frank Grimes and then heavily implies that he's been drinking, which is very fun to me. Uh-huh. And did they belong to little pink elephants? Yeah, he just kind of like brushes off. He's like, oh yeah, red eyes. Little yeah. pink elephants. Little pink elephants? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I don't know. It's just like, this is, is that a good... drinking thing? Yeah, little pink elephants. When you're drunk, it's like, you see oh, pink elephants. That's why, uh, yeah, that's why Duff's logo is that... Balloon, that's they a give the, pink yeah, elephant. The Simpsons, they give it? I don't know, I've missed all of this context, but sure. Smash cut to the Daily Bugle and uh, an even bigger cut to Peter's sick pastel shirt. Pink? Or sorry, purple, teal, and white, I think it was. Oh, it's blue, white, and green is I what suck. it is. It's a polo it shirt, too. It Peter's classy. I did write striped sleeve polo with white collar. And <laughs> I also wrote simply stunning. Which I, I will stand behind that. It is the only shirt he wears for the first couple of seasons. Yeah, it's true. Apparently, like I said, they were apparently going to have him look like a nerd, uh, like he does in the comics, but Stan Lee wanted him to look hip and modern, and so he used a fax machine to fax like back and forth with an artist until he came up with what 60-year-old Stan Lee thought hip and modern in the 90s looked like. Which and, is... I think he came exactly, up he, he did it you know what? pretty well. Fucking spot on. That's what he got. I was going to say, which is the equivalent of a 1970s All-American quarterback with that jawline, those cheekbones, and that hair. Yeah, well, those, no, those cheerleaders he, are pregnant. When he got bit by the spider, you know, he got his physique just... His metabolism... That's fair. Increased. Like, they said it in college, and, uh, yeah. which I guess we can talk about that. Like, they said it in college instead of high school, which... Sort well, of like... For all those, like... Sexy results. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, then it doesn't make it weird when he gets married. I don't know. Yeah, but like, you get the scene with, like, Felicia Hardy, and then it's just like, he's just fucking begging for it. Oh, he's yeah. Just like, that's, that's episode two. We'll get into it. Uh, okay. 
So we get to meet J. Jonah Jameson, voiced by the great Ed Asner, uh, and Robbie Robinson, uh, journeyman voice actor Rodney Salisbury, uh, and they tell him about the lizard. There have been reports of a giant lizard down in the subways. In this town, who'd notice? I'd notice. And uh, we all look at Jameson's mustache and all feel a little bad about ourselves, I guess. Who was this? Like, I remember seeing, like, Mr. Rob or Mr. Robinson? Jo uh, Robbie Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Joseph okay. Robbie Robinson. <laughs> okay. Was he a character in the comics? I don't remember that. Like, I remember him in yeah, the show. Yeah, he just... absolutely was. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, I was looking up the the comic that this was based off of, and uh, he is in it. He's just so, or have always been, him, like, the number two there. So in those Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire, was that what, like, was Sam Raimi's played the guy with the glasses no he was introduced in amazing spider-man number 50 51 in august 1967 all right so way later first first he was uh, one of the first black characters in comics to play a serious supporting role rather than act as comic relief i believe it hmm. or just like a any comic book hero whose name was black whatever but his name was joseph no, no, but you know what I mean? Oh, as opposed to all those, yeah. Like, yeah, it's was, it was always like Black Lightning and like, you know, Black Panther. And yeah. They, they always just have to have black in their name. Otherwise, you won't get it. Yeah. 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 It's super but weird. But apparently he like, um, he's a close friend and confidant. Yeah. J. Joe James. J. Joe is not racist. Acting as like the voice of reason. Yeah. He's the comic, he's the editor. Yeah, I think. Uh, or something. He's, yeah, he's a high-ranking editor. Yeah. He's not like the, like, obviously, Jonah's the publisher, but he's like... But yo, I, another character that I completely blocked out of my mind, because they never really did anything with him after the show. No, they, oh, well, I said, yeah. In the show, like, they had, like, I remember mostly from the thing where his, like, son was in the gang, mm. and then, like, they had the serious discussion about guns that America forgot about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, he did make a brief appearance in the... In in the original Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. it was Bill, oh, it was Bill Nunn. I remember that. Yep. Okay. He's just kind of in the background going like, yeah, Jonah! <laughs> and then that's it. Yeah. They tell Peter about the disappearance of the Super Mario Man. They still don't give him a name, so still Super Mario Man. Uh, and Eddie Brock, voiced by Hank Azaria in his second voice in the same I'm episode. pretty sure everyone but the main cast is Hank Azaria. Yeah, he's just, he's just a god. If this weren't serious, Parker, I wouldn't have gotten the assignment. I don't know about that, Brock. You're just the reporter I'd send on a wild goose chase. Uh, and he's doing a New York accent. Perfect. <laughs> you, Brock waltzes in, and he just he's there to be an asshole and a kiss ass, like at oh, the same good. time. And Jameson is prouder of this move than he is of his astronaut son. <laughs> yeah. like, they haven't even mentioned him yet. No, but he's so like you look at his face. He's so happy. Yeah, I noticed that. He like he goes when we watched it before the before before recording this. Like you can go and see like Eddie Brock walks in and he like goes and like Jonah puts his arm on his shoulder. And, like, yeah, it's like so. Looks like oh, I'm so proud of you, Eddie Brock. <laughs> I'm so proud of you for making fun of this asshole that I take photos from. Like everybody hates him. <laughs> Thank you, Eddie, for doing your job reasonably competently, unlike anybody else on the staff, apparently, yeah, exactly. I guess is the feeling that he's giving. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. And then Peter, all he does is quip. And that's yeah, just no, like, that's it. like, that's, I was trying to summarize that. It's just Peter quips for a scene. Yeah. Well, Peter also gets to slide in humble brag that he's a student at ESU, 
that also gives us context of where up. he comes, where he says this to <laughs> where he comes. Nice. <laughs> Take two. I thought this, that's not the kind of podcast we're talking about. <laughs> we're already talking this about is, no, that's this, com- no, so that's coming up, though. Eddie Brock looks up scientists who work with reptiles uh, because he's a legitimate reporter. Yeah. And he actually does his job. Not like Topher Grace. Yeah, piece of shit. Then you put two, put two and two together. This man's a giant lizard. Let's talk to some lizard scientists. There you yeah. go. Do you have any idea what muto-watchits are? Peter just kind of skanks that from him uh, because he knows Dr. Kirk Connors from Empire State University. He's an expert in recombinant DNA and reptile mutagenics. Oh, yes, you? Yeah. <laughs> See, what's their mascot? Is it a lizard? (laughs) (laughs) Go Gila monsters. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) It's not a real university. You can't look that up. I don't know. I probably could. ESU (laughs) mascot. I want to see what happens. It's a warrior. Oh, sorry. This is East Stroudsburg (laughs) (laughs) University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> <He's trilled. laughs> ESU Empire does State University. You have to write the real words. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> but you know what's really funny? When I was going and um, so in my job as a software developer, I had to go humble and make brag. humble brag. I had to go and make a bunch of test accounts on Facebook. Sure. And me being obviously a comics fan, I went and tried to make Peter Parker. And when I went to go and do it, this I don't even. I, Maybe three years ago, mm-hmm. I went to go and make a fake account called Peter Parker. Sure. And I, it, it goes and asks you, what high school did you go to? What university did you go to? I went and entered Peter Parker. And then when I started typing in the box for high school, it came up with Peter Parker's high school. Oh, really? Which is a fictional high school. And then I put university, Empire State University. It auto-completed. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm not the first one to do this, but also good work, Facebook. Yeah. Like, how would you even know that? Uh, well, I guess enough people do it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I barely know anyone named Peter, let alone Peter Parker. I know one Peter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wrote anyway, because I knew that there would be a gap there. <laughs> Jameson is offering $1,000. A thousand dollar bonus. It's a thousand dollar bonus. Yeah, can we just talk about his gesture that he makes? It's amazing. It's just like he (laughs) leans forward and places his hand out, staring at the camera. I like it. (laughs) He's coming right. If that was 3D, a thousand dollar bonus. It's a thousand dollar bonus. Just like (laughs) he's right into my living room, and I enjoy that. The animation with this is like it's so sporadic and unnatural. I love that though. Like that's one of my favorite things. Like. One of the reasons The Simpsons now isn't as funny. Like, I mean, it's not funny for a lot of reasons, but like, the animation is. We've quoted clean. The Simpsons at least six times in this in the last twenty-seven minutes. That's up to our viewer <laughs> to listen to. The old style of animation is so much uh, looser and wacky, and there's just some inherently funny like looks to that, and I love that. And whereas new yeah. animation's so clean and perfect that it you is, don't yeah. it like you, those freeze frames that you can get off of like any given spot in this show. Like just pause it a couple of times and you'll you'll see something hilarious right. because of the way it looks. I mean it looks fine when you when it all blurs together, but as a thing to look at, it's just it's something different. Anyway, Jameis is offering a thousand dollars for a picture of the lizard. Uh, and he also apparently has a nightly newspaper, which was a thing. So Peter heads home uh, while he speculates that he can get a fucking car or a motorcycle with a thousand dollars, and that makes me pretty. Oh sad. yeah, but since when does Peter Parker ride a motorcycle? 
Has uh, there ever been a reference of him on one? He's dangerous, sir. <laughs> what kind of nerd <laughs> rides a motorcycle? It's gonna be the spider cycle, obviously. Oh. I think that was a toy. Oh, that's it, right? It just arrives on buildings. Yeah, it shoots fucking something stupid. Spider bike. He... There you go. Radioactive spider bike. <laughs> exactly. Can he web sling on the motorcycle? Uh, Off He's got good thighs. Like he just has to like find a master. Thighs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he can't wait to tell Aunt May about it. Sidebar: May is voiced by Linda Gary in the first season only. Her voice changes, and I didn't realize that at all because she dies of brain cancer between seasons yeah. and is replaced by Julie Bennett. Yeah. Uh, and I had no idea there were two Aunt Mays, and the May that is in this first season, was also the May in the 1981 series. Anyway, interesting sidebar. So May is hiding her crippling, crippling debt. I, I mean, what does she do for income? She has widow money. Yeah, but what did Uncle Ben do? It doesn't matter. He worked in the widow. plant. We don't know he worked in a plant. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He, he's old, and he probably has a pension, semicolon life insurance. Okay, no, wait. It was Peter's parents who were rich. I think so. And then it depends on which version this is. They never really talk. The version that I've made up in my head. Okay. (laughs) They don't talk about it in the show. Uh, Yes, they do. They explain it it in this show that they're spies. They definitely bring that in as a side. Oh yes. The kingpin shows up at their house. He brings out the photos. It's it's a big thing that they're actually spies. They dive into that episode. Well, I think she has widow money, and I'm I'm emphasizing that by the fact that uh, this never comes up again on the rest of the series. Her debt is never a problem ever again. Well, because Peter paid it off with (laughs) $1,000. That's all it was, was $1,000? Guys, the 90s was a great time. I don't know what you're talking about. She's clearly got, like, gambling debts or drug, like... She's out out there. (laughs) But also, like, this Aunt May is fairly elderly, Mm -hmm. and then... Spider-Man movie came out and she was even older. Yeah, that was And then old. they're just like, fuck this, we are making her... Normal. A, like, I don't know, a younger, cooler aunt, and then Marissa Tomei. And it's, then it's just like, okay, cool. And then it's gonna get rebooted again. No, it was Sally Field for a minute, too. Yeah, it, it was Sally Field. And she was pretty good, actually. Yeah, I had no problem yeah. with that. And Martin Sheen. Yeah, all right. I enjoyed those two Spider-Man movies. I enjoyed them too. I had a lot of. I think he was a better Peter Parker than Tobey Maguire. Uh, Yeah, and then I think he was actually a better quippier Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire. It's you who's out, Gobby. Out of your mind. Those movies were from like early two thousands. It's a bad time to be alive. Where (laughs) it reeks of early two thousands. Where the where the 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 humor was a bit different, right? Like, because in the Amazing Spider-Man movies (laughs) with Andrew Garfield, trying to make a nine eleven joke. Don't worry, we have plenty of time to make as many 9-11 jokes as we um, But Andrew Garfield in those two Amazing Spider-Man movies is kind of a dick. Oh, yeah. You know? He's like, a jock. Like, yeah. It is. It's like, and just, so is this fucking Peter Parker. I'm feeling you know? like, like, because he's in college. Because he even goes and like, he goes and he's a dick to Eddie Brock. Yeah, sure. I, I feel like in this, he feel, I feel like uh, he kind of came into his own a bit. And uh, like he was... A nerdy year in high school gets bit by the spider. Even in the intro, if you look, it's really quick, but he looks super skinny in the intro when he gets bit. And then maybe he just kind of comes into his own in university, like we all do. 
feel like he's a lot Hopefully. less of a nerd in this one in comparison. He's a scientist, yeah. but like he's not outwardly bullied uh, in comparison to other No, ones. and I, I think that's the confidence of having superpowers for a couple of years. Uh, it turns out it's the secret yeah. to everybody's... Yeah, but it has some air in yeah, chest, right? Everybody's uh, life, yeah. Yeah, I think superpowers. Okay, so Aunt May, they're going to take her thumbs. Um, <laughs> probably. I don't know life, so I looked up Aunt May's bank address on Google Maps, and it does not exist, and I'm quite sad. They, sh- they showed it. They showed the address yeah. on a thing, and uh, it turns out there's no it's street probably- with that number in Queens. There is one in Brooklyn, and there's like a wrecking yard there. Well, now there is, because well, the bank went under. Yeah, Aww. 2008 happened. Because May didn't pay her bills. Yeah, typical May. $1,000 isn't going to save the fucking savings loan. I love how this, like, $1,000 will solve all of my problems. But that's 1994 money. We should all be so lucky. $1,000 now. $1,000 bonus. It's $1,000 bonus. We just need to cut, like, we just need drops of $1,000 bonus. It's $1,000 bonus. It's like over and over again. Whenever you're trying to get subscriptions or anything, yeah. just go, $1,000 bonus. It's a $1,000 bonus. Uh, so Peter goes looking for the lizard by going to the sewer to play like Pokemon Snap or something. Uh, <laughs> and he bitches pretty much constantly about having to be in the sewers. None of that matters because we get a really sweet shot of him using his spider penis lamp. It's crotch lamp. Yeah, it's it was a, it's a. It comes back. It's, it's not it one time. It's not one time use. I'm a little sad because it doesn't have his logo. Because the one in the comics I remember oh, yeah. having his logo. And I'm pretty sure my brother had a toy where you could push the button and it would yeah. like glow like that. I remember that. The only other part of that scene that I care about is that he says myth taken. Wait a minute. Looks like I was myth taken. Oh, yeah. So good. That's no, great. That's a pretty top level quip. For sure. Uh, <laughs> he does get a picture of the lizard track though and he slaps on his purple, green, and yellow ESU hat and heads to school. Sorry, you missed his bright pink rain jacket. Everything in the 90s was pastel because it was the Easter decade. <laughs> it is actually the colors. If, if there was a little bit of yellow in there, it would 100% it have been the Easter. It is Sunday best. <laughs> so Peter's accosted by power nerd Deborah Whitman, uh, voiced by Liz Georges. And she shows up wearing those old plastic old woman hats that they wear in the rain. Right. They're like babushkas. They're like sweater. Uh, yeah, but made of plastic. Yeah, and they cover, sit on top. I, you know what? I would, I would wear one. I've I don't know where you buy them, but I would buy one. I think they give them to you for free, like when you go to the salon. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. The amount of times I've gone to the salon and got my hair done. Yeah, they give you the perm, and then you just keep the plastic on it, and then you go into the rain. Uh, well, she tells him all about lizard stuff, um, and she's pretty deep in the little sister zone. Uh, though it does look like she wants to get into Peter's hot pastels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm sure she has a Those crush on... wash jeans? Yeah. I'm sure Love she has it. a crush on the equally intelligent, try-hard student like herself. Yeah, I mean, I get the feeling she's the smarter of the two. She kind of seems to have them outwitted. Since when do you have night class? In fact, I've always thought of you as having no class at all. Maybe they're related. Oh, no, she joked, she joked that he never went to class. Oh, is that what she said? Because he's a superhero. Because he's a oh, super he's genius. Late. He's yeah, one of I the see. smartest people in the Marvel. In the, in the I'm movie. just saying, they're both smart and they both quip, so they might be related. This is my pet theory now. Oh. They're actually related. He doesn't know his parents. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
You don't know. They go to see Doc Connors, and we get the first showing of his sweet, sweet Spider-Man Spider-Sense effect. It plays pretty much like a couple of times per episode, and I feel like I never clued in exactly what it was. It's like a bunch of flashes. I see. I think you see what you want to see. Like, is it internal organs? Is it... I don't know. It I was works. I saw Venom, but I don't know. Uh, it's real weird. I think it just works. You I get went it, frame by frame, and I still don't fucking know. It's... It's weird. They investigate Dr. Connor's office because he's apparently an administrator. That's what his sign says over and over. Uh, but the lizard is in there stealing shit. And Deborah runs in, even though literally everyone else in the room, including the lizard himself, tells her not to do that. And then she immediately yells for Peter. Yeah. Well. Which is pretty classic sister behavior, I'm just saying. Well, if she rescues Kurt Connors from the lizard, I'm sure he'll give her an extra credit or two. Mm-hmm. So she weighed the pros and cons and thought, I'm going to save him. So you think this is an academic? I think this is a total academic uh, this bonus. This is classic brown nosing. She was hoping that Connors was on the ground. She could run over and save him. Turns out, <laughs> no. Maybe she had a crush on Doc Connors. And she actually cared about him. Maybe. She seems like the type. Maybe she made up for that lost arm of his. Oh shit! We'll get into that. Uh, doesn't she start? Doesn't she date uh, Flash Thompson later on? Who she doesn't does. date Flash Thompson? That yeah. guy's a dream. Yeah, uh, we should all be so lucky. She does. She <laughs> does the smart lady to the jockey boy. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right, but this the lizard comes in and just slaps her and hits her with books and stuff, yep. and then just fucks right off. And Peter's <laughs> response. Peter's response to that is to uh, attempt to strip down and do some deep knee bends. Oh, his well, like, he like runs to the window. Yeah, and then she's like, "Oh no, Peter, don't go!" Like, <laughs> yeah, don't jump out of the window. Yeah. But yeah, then he goes like right into Spider Man. Yeah, he starts lifting yeah. his shirt to show his abs. Yeah. Angrily, <laughs> angry, sexy yeah. Spider Man. It was quite a surprise. Yeah, and that's his go-to. His instinct is to get the spider squat whenever he's in trouble. But would would a normal? So okay, so say tomorrow. One of us has been by a radioactive spider. Sorry, genetically modified at this point. CRISPR. <laughs> Let's update our references. Is that the pose you go into right away? What's I don't it? know. It's not comfortable. For him it is, because the spider's when like kind of bent When I was knees. a young, wise young man, I, I definitely could have done, I did that pose a little bit more, but uh, it terrifies me to think of trying right now. Yeah. I think it kind of fits the idea of like the spider, like they always kind of have their legs bent. Like, it, how else would fair. he? I like it. It plays. No, no, different... I know. It's, it's a little Serbian, but it also okay. it also it's also <laughs> Serbian. It's the Serbian squads. It's also it's also Google funny. it. It's funny, but like I think at that moment, it's just so iconic for him to get into that pose. Yeah, and it's so. I, yeah, it's a. It's different than his normal, like, day-to-day, obviously, sure. right? But he gets in that pose and you're like, that's fucking Spider-Man. Yeah. It's that's Spider-Man funny. time. Yeah. And I think it's funny because, you know, that's, he didn't even consider Deborah's in the room. He didn't consider someone else. He fully instinct and was about to, like, yeah. go for it. And then Deborah was like, oh, wait. Yeah, you and think that, he'd be a little more aware, but uh, I guess he's still new to this. When you're in the zone. Sure. You know? Uh he, like, goes over and comforts her, and then she wants to bone the fuck out of him. It was quite a surprise. And it's a very Luke and Leia vibe, if I may say so. It's I'm true. Keep pushing this narrative. I feel you know something we don't. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> okay. 
Coy's mouth. You do your own thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Peter suddenly has a flashback to super, super relevant information where, where he helped Dr. Connors with an experiment injecting mouse uh, with a missing leg with some lizard juice that he acquires and then zapping it with rainbows. All because of a couple of micrograms of reptile DNA and the Neogenic Recombinator. First of all, I, he takes like what, 10 mils of liquid out of this small lizard that's green, thanks 90s censorship, and then he calls it micrograms of DNA in 10 mils of fluid. Yeah, it, it drains that fucking lizard like a raisin. That thing's a husk in the background. Just, like there isn't a better way to take the DNA out of... You, He's got the dino DNA. From your blood. Just one drop of your blood contains billions of strands of DNA. The building blocks of life. And then just... <laughs> That's oh. basically it. It's my, just like, well, he might as well have just squeezed it into a... <laughs> <laughs> Turn it out like a towel. Just like, like his own it. mouth and then feeds it like a baby bird. <laughs> <laughs> just all right, Mr. Lizard. I'm just gonna go and crush you. All for science. Just like snap his, snaps his neck like a chicken, and then squeezes him like a rag into a jar, and then injects it into I love into it. the mouse. Uh, so we finally get the full power of the Neogenic Recombinator. Neogenic Recombinator. There is no real reason given why it shoots rainbows specifically. It's the visible spectrum. It's all those UV light. Well, what else would you want it to do? I think the animators had some liberties to do it, or the director just decided, hey, make it a nice flashy light show, and that's it. But like, it represents, I guess, the different levels of, of the spectra that this thing... You don't know what photoactivatable DNA is. Nobody does. So maybe that's what... It needs the rainbow to it's do it. It's the neogenic RuPaulinator, and it makes things fabulous. <laughs> okay. That's, oh, that's, that's what we're getting away from. That's what we'll have to do. All right. Uh, so Connors is pretty much just trying to get his jerking arm back at any cost, and he doesn't care how many lizards he has to maim at this point. He <laughs> cannot go back to jerking it with his left hand. That this is what we're coming away from here. Just isn't the same. Yeah, it's just, never the same. He's even you, tried the stranger. Yeah, it's it not work. the same rhythm. Like, you just, you know it's not right. And you, it's, the stranger's there for one and, you know, a couple of times here and there, but it can't oh. be your go-to. You know, he has a That's wife. for a longer sesh. He has a wife. Yeah. But I guess it's not the same. He's also got a small, disappointing son. <laughs> so Spider-Man can't figure out how injecting reptile DNA into things and blasting them with radiation might be at all relevant to the giant lizard. So he's going to need some more clues. Uh, and he heads up to Casa de Connors and just pervs on their family a little bit. Uh, but just as Spider-Man is breaking and entering <laughs> to question the lady of the house, uh, the lizard shows up as well. It was, it was, I found it weird that she's just, like, scared of Spider-Man. Well, she screams, and you yeah. think it's going to be the lizard, and then it's yeah. just Spider-Man? Yeah. Which is weird. But even then, she's just like, don't hurt, hurt me or my kid. Well, that's because of the propaganda machine that's being used yeah. by the Daily Bugle against Spider-Man. Big that's, Bugle is, uh, Let's not make this political fair. Uh, he, <laughs> at the beginning, he even says, don't, uh, to Frank Grimes, don't tell them it was me that did this. Like, everybody hates yeah, no, everybody. I, know. I know there's that, that propaganda machine, but it's just like... I don't know. I just, it's, I always found that so weird. I understand when they do it with like the Hulk, because the Hulk is a man. Well, yeah, he causes a lot of problems. He causes a lot more problems than 
that he solves. So I guess. Well, also, it's a stranger in your house. Ha- why, why the hell is he in, his ha- in her house? He broke in. He just appears. So her first instinct is, don't fucking hurt us. That's that's Yo, weirdo. Who right. just, like, he couldn't have rang the door. this mother weirdo? for trying yeah. to protect your child. <laughs> well, this man breaks and enters. What do you mean the man in tights could be a problem? <laughs> well, he's dressed up as Spider-Man. He came from upside down. Who's super strong and has that binding wedding. I don't here? know. I don't know. Did he say... Daddy? So, when he goes back and shows his wife, like, he, go, he goes and get, uses the Neogenic Recombinator. The Neogenic Recombinator. Sure. To go and regrow his arm. He's, like, so happy. And you can tell he's like, I'm going to beat this dick real good tonight. And he spends, he probably spends several hours doing that. This lizard's not the only thing that's going to be scaly by tonight. Several hours doing that, goes home, and then is basically kind of like an infomercial of like what happens to you if you masturbate too much. Yeah, he's he's out of fluid. Like he's just run out of he's fluid. Just, he's just drained, and he's like all turning, like turning all scaly. <laughs> he's super dehydrated from loss of fluid. Yeah. Kids, your palms won't turn furry. You'll just yeah. turn into a lizard. Do you think he called her like, "Honey, I'm coming home with a surprise"? Yeah, just put on the Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> I don't think he needs, like, you know, it, it makes, like, no difference to her at all. <laughs> well, you know, or, like, he came home and he tried to please her after, you know, draining himself fully of any sort of bodily fluid. Does the term drain the lizard come into more context? Uh, so the lizard is advancing menacingly on Eddie Brock in the courtyard here after kicking his disappointing son's tricycle. Belly. Because he left it out in the rain like a little shit. He punts that thing like he means business. Like, get the fuck out of here. That is not that is not the lizard being bad. That is fucking dad hanger. Like, he's just like, that is something that has happened before. And he's fucking fed up with that shit. That is 100% human, yeah. And then just using that lizard strength to be like, yeah. get the fuck the out of here. The lizard part of his brain is responding to the But, like, the his, son, his son, he's even old. He's too old to be riding a tricycle. I know. So, so maybe it's some shitty neighbor that could Because he spends all his like, time at the work trying to get into jerking arm back. <laughs> Maybe be a little calmer if he had it. I don't know. Anyway, he goes after Eddie Brock because Brock was creeping. Uh, true. And uh, the, what follows is actually a pretty sweet little fight scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably like the biggest actual fight scene that we've seen so far, yeah. I guess. Doc Connors is so obsessed about getting his jerking arm back, he never took the time to teach his son how to ride a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> so now, <laughs> Billy is Using the tricycle for his entire life because he won't have the father-son montage because Kirk Connors is just in the lab. I don't have time for you, son. I have bigger fish to fry. He's like 20 years old, just like sadly puts down his head like Charlie Brown and tricycles out of the room. He'll never graduate to safety. He won't learn how to fucking walk. (laughs) It's the fastest way to get from A to B. Uh... So, uh, we get this really pretty sweet fight scene. Uh, the lizard throws the shit out of that tricycle. Good reflexes for a future handbag. Yeah. Uh, knocks out his, uh, the, the web that he was swinging on, which is a pretty good act. pretty good aim. Uh, and then he smashes the treehouse, 
uh, just to make sure Billy is double traumatized. And like, I can't help but think how long that treehouse took to build with one arm. But was it his treehouse? I assumed. It could have been a neighborhood treehouse. I'm tree pretty house. sure he lived in like a complex. Yeah, that was some sort of like shared courtyard. That's fair. Yeah. What if he, what uh, if this was like part of the whole, con- like this was a thing they all did together as a community. Yeah. And now it's ruined. He took a shit in the community pool <laughs> and he smashed the treehouse. Now that you've crawled out of your sewer, maybe you'd better stick around. Uh, eventually the lizard bolts and Margaret, Margaret, Connors uh, totally rats out her husband. Um, Brock takes off with his zero evidence. Like all no, he, but done, he wrote, he was in the bushes. He writes it down, but he has no actual physical evidence he, of anything yeah. he's saying. He, he should like, have had oh, a what a scoop. Yeah, what Pulitzer? Here I come. Yeah, but uh, he has no video recorder, no sound nothing. recorder. He's just a reporter. It's his word versus Margaret the Connors family, basically. Yeah, uh, and Spider Man chases him down and hangs him up by his coat to a street post. Which uh, then he goes and does the quip. It's just like part like Eddie Brock is just like. You can't do this, and then then Spider Man just like I already have. I already have. <laughs> Which comes back later with the whole Venom stuff. And yeah, that's and true. and that intonation is pretty much bang on. He does that a lot. That yeah. I already have. I already have. <laughs> yeah. Also, why doesn't Eddie Brock just get out of his jacket? Yeah, it's weird. He, looks well, good. he probably would like break is, his neck. Is it because he worked out too hard that like he can't lift his arm above? Oh, his... yeah. He he gets more jacked later when he gets but, like, after he gets fired. He gets jacked. It's it's well, not his, he gets his symbiote too. It's not his neck. It's literally just the jacket. So naturally, the lizard comes back. Uh, he takes his wife and not his disappointing son, who doesn't bring his tricycles in from the rain. Billy. And he heads straight into the sewer. Not before. Spider-Man goes and takes Billy and brings him to a neighbor. Uh, I <laughs> loved like, that. That was a good lesson. How does Spider-Man know what neighbor to bring? He could have brought him to a pedophile. Uh, he know. He's rolling the dice on that one. <laughs> he's just rolling the dice. Well, does it's better Billy than leaving. Na- does <laughs> Billy know his neighbors? I don't know. But also, is he going to New West? York is a notoriously wholesome community. Oh, yes, of course. In the <laughs> 90s, especially. Yeah, it was a great well. time to be alive. But... Is he going to web sling to a next door neighbor in a brownstone complex? Like, how is this even going to work? Just I like, guess hold on, Billy. Huh. Like, I, yeah, I think he's just going to walk. Like, but why is he holding? Man, that kid can Well, like, we'll get into it later, but there is a lot of unnecessary web sling. And he, yeah. and he has to recharge his... He's real heart. proud of those slingers. Yeah, he has to recharge his web fluid in every damn episode. ABS always be swinging. He comments about how expensive it is. Always be web slinging. You know, it's his own fault. He brings it, it on. Sorry. All right, so he's back into the sewers. Uh, I noticed a pink teddy bear immediately, which was really bleak and kind of creepy. So, bleak teddy bear. There's also, uh, I just like his name dropping of all the different superheroes as oh, yeah, he's great. bitching through the sewers. Ugh. You don't find the Fantastic Four in a sewer. Or the Avengers. Never have I seen the Avengers in a sewer. Or the Defenders. Well, maybe the Hulk. It is nice to kind of see that, like, shared universe kind of Yeah, and right? I mean, we were looking it up before we started this thing about how many voice actors, we were looking at voice actors, but so many different uh, characters are in this show. Yeah, which is fantastic because in. now it's all this garbage about who owns whose rights yeah. and, you know, and going back and seeing just like, oh yeah, no, and then and there's, there's Iron Man and there's the Avengers and there's Hulk and there's a Fantastic Four. Yep. Which are awesome, and you know, hopefully they make a great appearance in the MCU at some point. 
As it's some... just, yeah, you don't appreciate it, sorry. You don't appreciate that much when you're a kid because you're not part of that. And the, this, the, this landscape was different. Sure. I was going to say, as someone who really enjoyed the Spider-Man cartoons, really enjoyed the X-Men cartoons and, like, Batman, I didn't read a lot of physical comics growing up. It was a really nice introduction to uh, the additional Marvel universe. Like, And now, going in, and obviously now I, I spend a bit more time reading these things and, and getting into it, but it was like a good introduction, like, oh, here's an Iron Man spinoff, which comes in later. Here's the X-Men, which was running concurrently with the Spider-Man TV show. So, and they had their own TV show. It was a nice, they really did a good job of bridging a lot of, like, Doctor Strange, a lot of the Marvel world. Eventually, he makes his way down to the world's deepest sewer system, and he finds Super Mario begging for help. Save me! Save me! Save me! Save me! Save me! Save me! It was so... It was so sad. Yeah, it was pretty pathetic. Not in the sense that, oh, I feel bad for this person, but just like, it was kind of like a throwaway voice acting kind of thing. They didn't try. Yeah. I feel. It was just like, save me! Save me! Save me! And someone like, listened to that, and it's like, yeah, it's good. Done. Done. He just All found right. it. Here's, here's your two dollars. Yeah, get out of here. No <laughs> residuals. Yeah, you'll come, come back to me, right? Right? Hey, I'm the hero, remember? So the lizard is nearby doing nefarious things and menacing his wife. Uh, and she says that she still wants to be with him, but not like this. You're still my husband. I love you. I want to be with you, but not like this. Which, do you think... He- do you think she means not while he's a lizard or not while they're in a sewer? <laughs> like, would you rather bang a lizard person or a regular person in the in a disgusting sewer? I'm just really surprised she's like, this is gonna be okay. <laughs> she's an optimist. <laughs> you know, and I don't know, for, like, from my recollection of all the years of learning about the lizard character, I feel that at some point the lizard starts taking over and he's not cognizant and he becomes, you know, more lizard and dumb and stuff. I don't know if that happened in the... It happens in the comics. And full disclosure, I read a lot of the novels, uh, the Marvel novels that they published in the 90s and 2000s as a, as a kid. Uh, and that was a huge part of it. it. was like the lizard was almost a separate entity and they were like yeah. butting heads for control, mm-hmm. which is why sometimes he was a monster and sometimes he was... Well, it's a sure. common trope in, in certain things. Like you, you spend too long with X personality, you lose your original self, sure. which kind of makes sense. It's yeah. a journey for him to yeah. go through. Dr. Yeah. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Right, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But you guys are both dodging the question. Would you rather bang a lizard person or have sex with a regular person in a disgusting sewer? Throw a towel down. Disgusting sewer. sewer. yeah. Oh my god, you guys have no sense of adventure. Have you ever seen a lizard penis? Lizards have cloacas. Yeah, that's a thing. It's a urogenital opening. You know, one day, I'm going to be able to drop my software developer knowledge and then drop both of you. Yeah, when Alistair Smythe comes in and he's hacking. There we go. Yeah, you're going to wait for that dick hover chair. Yeah, exactly. Wait, actually, I want to take back. Uh, have you seen the tongue on that lizard? I'm going to go with sex with the lizard man. No? No. You're I, quiet? I, I okay. mean, I'm, I'm good. I don't want to have sex with a lizard man. I don't want to have sex in a gross sewer. <laughs> I don't want either, really. Eh, well. Can I choose death? <laughs> 
Anyway, it looks like the lizard's plan is to use the nepotism recycling center to transform everyone into lizards by hooking it up to electrical lines. Here's a question, though. Is it implied that, like, because the the regeneration idea of the lizard is so scaled up that, like, you wouldn't have... Is, are, is everybody, like, Deadpool? Like, no cancer? Um, You're not does, a lizard? That's his point, right? He does claim that the no disease. No more suffering. No more pain. No disease, no, but like that's a stretch. It I'm really sure is. Lizards, as well as. So it's gonna be lizards and Amish people. Like that's it. Listen, I would be a lizard person if I, I really don't like... know where Amish people fit in. Well, they're the ones without electricity. Oh, that's fair. I'm pretty sure that lizards have diseases. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of parasites. Uh, but luckily, Margaret reminds him that he has a disappointment for a son, and that distracts him <laughs> enough for Spider-Man to get in there and kick some back. My son. I have a son. <laughs> Gives him the drop kick. It's true. It does. Square to the back. Just, it's pretty great. And uses him as a springboard, actually. Yeah. It's a lot of backflips in this scene. Which There's is a lot of stuff. Uh, They're very ambitious with the uh, action. Yeah, they really are. Um, uh, like it's like you get a good sense of the space, which is what I like. Yeah. Like he's always moving around. Like it's not like like nowadays fights are all super tight in. It's a lot of quick cuts, which is annoying. Back then, it was a lot more like wider shots. So you could actually see people fight. And it all depends this, on the style. Yeah, but like that was sort of the the trend at the time. Yeah. And then in this, like you really get a good shot of like. When he's fighting him in the courtyard, you get a sense of how big that courtyard is. When you get when he's fighting him in the sewer, you get a sense of all the different spaces in the sewer. They they explore the space. It's makes it fun. I don't know. Uh, this fight's a lot shorter than the other one. They tussle and backflip a bunch until Margaret completely doesn't listen to anybody. Decides to try and turn on the machine and gets right fucked up by an errant tail. Margaret, I'm sorry. Margaret. Margaret. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Margaret. Yeah, I'm then, sorry. Yeah, and then it goes, and you see the, the whatever, Neogenesis <laughs> retrograder. The Neopet refrigerator? Yeah, there you go. And then, and then you, and then it's just like, it seems initially that he's like, oh no, like, about the machine, <laughs> yeah. and then you realize, oh, it's about his wife, and it's just like, that would actually would have no, been- he abandons his wife immediately to go chase the machine. Well, no, after Spider-Man is yeah. just like... Nice. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, it just goes over. Jackpot. Yeah. That actually would have been a really good twist if he went, after he hit her and went, no, and everybody assumes it's the wife, and he's yeah. like, fuck you, wife. Machine. Pushes her over even more and yeah. just goes right yeah. for the machine. No, that would be great, but it's a kid's show. No, that's good. Love conquers all, Peter. Uh, yeah, so instead, Spider-Man and the lizard go for it uh, together, and they fall into the great urine lake. Um, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that is a deep, deep cesspool. Uh, so there's an awkward monologue as they fight underwater for an extended period of time, which I kind of found weird. Yeah. It's a little sexy. Yeah. It's a little emotional. <laughs> it's a little sexy. What? He's talking I, never, about I never knew that I would have to go and fight my teacher. <laughs> Explain so much. Those, ni- or those late nights that we've shared. That was working, a candid opinion on the scene. I'm sorry. Working. <laughs> but no, if they went and put actual fight, and then like they did the like did it, did it, like that, the music and going, it would have been way more intense. But, yeah. Like for some reason, the they, talking like, over thing was weird. Yeah. The emotion. That's what I'm saying. I think it, it, it undercut. It makes it too. Like I said, it makes it like weirdly intimate. Like I don't know. It should have been like 
Well, I guess it is. It takes away, threat, the, yeah. Right? But it also takes away the tension from the scene because yeah. it, if he's commenting over it like that, it almost feels like he's thinking back on it. Mm, like, where is point. this narrator coming from? It feels like it's coming from the future, uh, and it feels like that means everything's going to be okay. Like, it, it yeah. feels like it cuts the tension right out of the scene. Yeah, I didn't like it. Like he's like, recounting his. If you had just, point. even if they had just muted that track like just without him talking i think it would have been 100 but they would if they muted it i feel they would have had to cut it a little shorter yeah, just have him fighting like, underwater like like just the sounds of water fights that would have been cool well maybe it's a thing it was like it was the first episode and they're just kind of I, yeah. get their grip and like i think Spider-Man. everything that's in their first episode is perfect the way it is. <laughs> and then like spider-man has a lot of inner monologue and in a cartoon when there's motion it's like this is a fight. This is the climactic fight scene. Actually, that's a good point. I think that this that monologue would have been better served when he's walking through the sewer instead of it just him re-complaining about being in a sewer. Like, he bitched about it earlier, and then him entering the sewer to save Margaret, he bitches about it again. When he found out that Kirk Connors is the lizard, that would have been the time for him to be like, shit, I gotta go fight my friend now. So, after the awkward monologue, uh, the Neolithic resuscitator goes off, and that just sort of saves the day, uh, fixing Kurt Connors and doing absolutely nothing to Spider-Man, yeah. and Kurt loses his jerking arm, which is R.I.P. jerking arm, I think. Which makes no sense that it didn't do anything to Spider-Man. The bigger question is, why is it waterproof? <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that are waterproof. He goes and takes a picture, like in previous scene, he goes and takes a picture of... The lizard, but then it falls in the water, and he's like, well, that's ruined. Oh, I guess he just takes another one. Uh, yeah, actually, that's exactly what happens, because he's super excited that he gets to go get his $1,000 photo from the camera that he stashed. I'll help you carry him out of here in a second, but first, I have to get something. A $1,000 photo. Not too shabby. And that Eddie Brock is going to look like an idiot, and he's so happy that he doesn't even bother to go back and help Super Mario like he <laughs> promised, and just, I guess he's dead. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Nobody needs to know about the him nameless and- sewer worker who just won a bowling trophy. Yeah, That's all we bo- know about him. Him and this bowling trophy will go wanting. There's just three guys in a bowling alley looking dejected. <laughs> it's league night. Uh, so Eddie Brock does uh, decide to use his complete lack of evidence that he has taken as a reporter to accuse a man of being a horrible monster. Um, to and be fair, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong, but he assumed he would just be chilling at home. I don't know why. I didn't him. ask you to buy two liters worth of cricket powder. Okay, <laughs> but my boss is coming over for dinner. Yeah, so Brock has to eat the uh, the morning paper. Well, he goes up. It's like I'm. He's super confident, and he's just like, if he isn't the lizard, I'm gonna. And the, the Daily Bugle is shoved in the mail slot. He's like, if he's not the lizard, I'm gonna eat the bu- the today's edition of the Bugle. Kurt Connors opens the door, says, "Hey, Jonah, how's it hanging?" <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. And. As if they're friends. Yeah. I don't see why they would be. And then Jonah's just like... You want it cooked or raw? Which, for some reason, stuck with me, but I didn't recall it until I saw it again. I'm just like, when I saw that... I knew it was going to happen in the scene, and I knew that Jonah was going to say that. 
Because for some reason that stuck with me. Because everything Ed Asner says is fucking gold. Oh, it's beautiful. It was, a, again, perfect casting from oh, J. Man, it's amazing. So the button on the episode is that Peter surprises Aunt May with a $1,000 bonus. It's a $1,000 bonus. Uh, and May seems only mildly interested in the fact that her, like, she gets to keep her kneecaps. <laughs> it's cold and damp down there. Uh, she's mostly interested in making him soup and bitching at Spider-Man. No, she's clearly trying to get him out of the room as soon as possible, ASAP, so she can go right back to betting on the ponies yeah. or calling her bookie right away. She's like, <laughs> okay, and then she goes and play. oh, at least that offers awful Spider-Man. Man didn't didn't hurt Catch you me. kind of thing. It's like yeah. okay, great. Again, yeah. I don't know. I don't like Spider-Man being villainized. I never really got it. It's because you can't ever be happy. Like if the character's happy, then there's no conflict anymore. It's not interesting. That's I thought you were just referring to me personally. No, but maybe. I don't mean. I don't know. I guess it's a metaphor for real life. So that's the episode. The very first episode. Did you guys like it? I think rewatching it, it still kind of holds up. It's not your generic pilot episode. It's a classic Spider-Man villain. And it does what it needs to do. Showcases. He's Spider-Man. He has a job at the Daily Bugle. He fights. And, like, this is how he fights. It, it introduces his relationship with Eddie Brock. It doesn't touch any of his love interests, which I think is fine. Because that's not necessarily a core component. It's a core, not a core relationship of Spider-Man's. Eddie Brock, Aunt May... J. Jonah Jameson and Kirk Connors, I would say, are like classic uh, pillars of the Spider-Man character until Mary Jane comes in. Yep, that's fair. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, I remember it being an enjoyable show as I was, when I was a kid, and I found that watching it recently, it was a lot faster paced, but it still holds true to like the mythos that I remember Spider-Man as, which I think a lot of people remember Spider-Man as. And the comics being what they are continuously are getting retconned and rewritten. And, you know, it's just, it's the classic Spider-Man. So, like, just going and watching that again just brings it all back. Theme song stuck. Yes, like, was in, was buried deep in my head and, and like, wasn't even I couldn't even recall it for you guys two weeks ago, and then I heard it. I'm just like, oh yeah, how would I ever forgotten? I think there's still this like yeah, the the nostalgia does ring true, but um, I mean, excepting of course for like technical things about the show, which obviously you know it's a product of its time, but um, I think it's terms of storytelling, it, it's solid like yeah. beginning to end. I think it's pretty great. Uh, then my only other question is, uh, what was your favorite part of the episode? The tricycle drop kick. Or, sorry, the tricycle anger kick. I think that pretty much just sums up the whole episode. One swift motion, punts it right out of there. Eddie Brock is such a funny character in this show. And this incarnation, and voiced by Hank Azaria, and like, for years, you like, we've made fun of that voice, and just... All the voices are the same, and they're just variations of a New Yorker accent kind of thing, and that's it. He is walking here. Yeah, that's it. You know, so. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, for me, um, I'm going to have to say, uh, 
I mean, I have to say that opening bit with the uh, with Super Mario and Grimy in the sewer, like just their little like we're like we're gonna we're gonna try and pitch this brand new Spider Man show to the masses. Like we're gonna get all these kids amped on Spider Man. We're not gonna do an origin story. Can't get that shit bogging us down. We gotta go right to the action. Right to it. Boom into the sewer, and we'll just talk for two minutes, like yeah. that. And the way that they just bant about like stupid things is fantastic to me. All right, so that's first it episode. for uh, I guess for our first episode. Uh, we will attempt to do another one, maybe, probably, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. Yeah, yeah I had fun. All right. Uh, wait a second. It's a thousand dollar bonus.